is Carl Zinsmeister with Sweet Charity, a series of stories about how private giving solves public problems, adapted from the Philanthropy Roundtable's Almanac of American Philanthropy, which is now available in a new compact edition. A favorite theme of critics of philanthropy is that some donors are mean or selfish, and that's true. In a country like ours, where voluntary giving is a mass behavior, you'll find all kinds of individuals involved in charity. Many true saints, lots of average people, and occasionally a few downright nasty characters. Russell Sage, for instance, was a notorious miser. He was a convicted usurer. He actually cheated his wife's father in business. When a suicide bomber showed up at his office, he used one of his clerks as a human shield and then refused to pay compensation for the poor man's injuries. Yet, Sage's fortune ultimately created one of the most influential early American foundations. It laid the groundwork for much helpful charitable aid and for the growth of modern social sciences. Likewise, there is no denying that corruption helped make Leland Stanford rich. To build his railroad fortune, he employed kickbacks, bribes, stock-watering, collusion, monopolization, and all kinds of political string-pulling. Yet, genuine grief over the death of his son ultimately motivated Stanford to use his ill-gotten lucre to benefit the children of California, and ultimately all of humanity, by creating Stanford University. Or take John MacArthur. He was a great salesman, but his crucial early successes in insurance came in large measure from dragging his feet against fair claims. He was often combative and vulgar, and he was a serial sexual harasser. He married his second wife while still wedded to his first. Yet, when he died, he left a huge pool of money to his foundation to improve people's lives. Even extraordinarily generous donors like George Eastman sometimes exhibit unattractive personal traits. Later in life, when he started to decline, Eastman asked his doctor to outline the exact location of his heart on his chest. He then went home, lay down on his bed, centered a pistol where the doctor had drawn, and committed suicide rather than face old age. Philanthropists can also sometimes be foolish. Andrew Carnegie accomplished many great things with his charitable gifts, but like almost everyone, he had blind spots, big ones when it came to his highly utopian view of war. As Carnegie set up his Endowment for International Peace with a $10 million grant, he included this wildly over-optimistic instruction. Once universal peace is attained, the remaining revenue shall be devoted to banishing the next most degrading evil. He put that into print in 1910. Whoops. Looks like world peace may take a little longer than Mr. Carnegie expected. If you want a poster child for an unappealing donor, look no further than J. Paul Getty. He failed at marriage five different times and left behind a long trail of family heartbreak. Here's a description from one of the many people he used and discarded. Paul didn't love anyone, uh, let me tell you. I thought he loved me, but he didn't love anyone. He didn't love anyone. That's, that, that was the sad part. Only, only money. Getty was such a cheapskate that he made all visitors to his estate use a payphone during the years when he was one of the richest men in the world. When his grandson was kidnapped for ransom, he held out for a lower payment until the criminals cut off the boy's ear. 
Even then, Getty only put up as much of the ransom as was tax-deductible. The rest he gave to his son as a loan at 4% interest. So not exactly a warm and fuzzy humanitarian. And yet, when he died, J. Paul Getty gave the world one of its most sublime collections of Greek and Roman artifacts and art. For centuries to come, when he and I and everyone listening to this will have turned to dust, Getty's enormous parting gift will continue to inspire and elevate human souls. So, are there cruel or foolish givers? Of course, like in every other human undertaking. But here's the fascinating secret of philanthropy. You don't need to be an angel to participate. Charity doesn't have to come from people who are charitable. In fact, motivations of any sort aren't that important. The genius of the philanthropic mechanism is that it takes people just as they are. Kind impulses, selfish impulses, wishes and confusions and vanities of all sorts swirling together in our breasts in the normal human jumble. Even as we are afflicted with all of these flaws, our charitable structure guides us and encourages us and sometimes presses or shames us and in the process helps us do wondrous things for our fellow men and women, even if we're not saints. You know, Adam Smith taught us that freely conducted commerce can take normal human behaviors, including some ugly ones and some mercenary ones, and turn them into broadly productive uses. This is as true in the world of philanthropy as in business. Philanthropy is a machine that is able to convert the actions of even the meanest of men into truth, uplift, and beauty for all of society. That is part of the magic of America's charitable tradition. For Sweet Charity, this has been Carl Zinsmeister. And for more tales from the Almanac of American Philanthropy, which is now available in an updated compact edition, find the book at Amazon. Amazon.